0: <laughs> How's everybody doing today? We're here on another Sunday with upstream number eight. You know, I'm kinda of surprised by our consistency that we haven't like fallen out. This has been two months straight that we've been doing this, so uh, all around on this guy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know how we do it. I don't know how we do it. <laughs> uh definitely wait, wait,
1: wait, wait. so is Upstream longer than the Z three's been out?
2: Right? Probably. <laughs> that's what it oh, feels yeah. like. that's major health
0: we make more money than the Z3. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm really going to get angry emails from BlackBerry about that. No, but uh, so we are here with uh, upstream number eight. There's a lot of things that we can actually be talking about. We just had a BlackBerry security summit. Jubei, who's here in the uh, chat with us, was over there covering it, making sure we had a foot in the door there, so to speak. Uh, how was the experience overall? Um, You did write a really awesome editorial, and I did read it. Um, but just a, a summary, you actually got to hold the passport. Ah.
3: <gasps> I did. I did get to uh, hold the passport. I wasn't supposed to, but uh, when uh, some of the Black Boy, uh, Blackberry uh, representatives there had their backs turned, um, I was able to uh, snatch one from, I believe, the uh, president of the... Well, actually, I'm not going to say. Yeah, um, do name drop. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was cool. Um, the energy was great, very different than when I covered the Blackberry Experience in New York. Uh, obviously, I uh, wrote about it in my editorial on Berry Flow, um, entitled Why Blackberry Will Be uh, Bigger Than It Ever Was. Uh, the energy, it was an intimate environment, pretty, uh, pretty small. Um, John Chen opened it up. He spoke for about 20-25 minutes on all the maneuvers, all the decisions that they've made. All the uh, statistics, all the great positive things, and all the momentum that BlackBerry up until that point has been, you know, uh, developing and engaged in. Um, the room was uh, attentive, and it seemed to be like some sort of exciting undertone among people, because they're kind of eager to see what all this new stuff that BlackBerry is creating. And BlackBerry's been doing a really good job uh, holding their cards tight to their chest, you know. Uh They've been uh, keeping quiet where they need to be and being very vocal where they need to be. Right. So, it,
0: it's it's very different. I mean, we know everything about the passport, yet nothing about the classic. You know, they're they kind of like front running the passport. Is like this is what. We, what and there we're was a
3: about. yeah, there was a classic in the room. A and, classic. <laughs> uh, there was a classic. Um, there were peaks, but uh, no details could be revealed. Um, and there are other devices. <laughs> Too, and they're just not even acknowledging the existence of them publicly. So I can say um, confidently that there's going to be some really exciting um, devices coming next year, and they're doing it right. You know, um, we're looking at like high-end, uh, cutting-edge devices, and if we were to learn anything, I mean, look at the passport. You know, And that's just going to be the beginning of the type of devices we're going to be seeing. A lot of people are like, oh, is it going to be a high-end all-touch? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what that is exactly, we don't know. But, um, you know, for all the naysayers or all the doubters or, you know, skeptics out there, uh, BlackBerry has a very long roadmap of devices um, for a few quarters already in the works and development. So it's not like, oh, the Passport's the last or the, class, the Classic is going to be the last device. No, they... They got number of quarters already in line uh, that they're developing now. So rest assured, they're uh, moving forward. It's going to be a big part of uh, BlackBerry moving forward. Their actual, you know, handset. Uh,
0: did, did we hear anything in regard to uh, carrier availability of the Passport? Any, you know, whispers,
3: murmurs? Yes, I'm going to say that uh, the two major carriers here in the U.S. are going to be on board for sure. Uh, we all know where. T-Mobile stands with BlackBerry, so I'm not sure that's gonna materialize. But since AT&T has that GSM covered and Verizon has that CDMA covered, then um, it's gonna be relatively easy to assume that Verizon and AT&T will be carrying the Passport device. And, and I did, and I'm glad you brought it up because some people were assuming that the uh, Passport device would. Uh, device was not going to be available for consumers and it absolutely will um, they're going to have it available everywhere uh, for consumers as well as you know the uh, regulated uh, segments enterprise and stuff so I can,
0: I can imagine if, if you're going to build a phone in white then it's not just going to be for the enterprise you know like, like the Z30 as well um, m- moving on from there we're definitely going to touch on some of those points as we bring along to add into you know the acquisition talk and things like that but um, you know earlier this week Oliver memory, many of us know him by, did put in a beta update of Spot2Fi. Pretty cool that he's still working on building out native applications. I think he just brought in a, a Tinder client called Timber. Has anyone used any of those applications?
4: Yeah, I, I find it pretty cool that he's he's doing the Spot2Fi because his Snap2Chat, I think he should keep that consistent um, you know, across all of his apps, but he has the Facebook Messenger and stuff. I've only really used the um, uh, Snapchat, obviously everyone I know loves the Snapchat. Whoever uses it, um, but he develops good apps. And I was very surprised to see he came out with the Spotify app, and I'm hoping that it's pretty high quality because I want to start using Spotify because a lot of people on iOS and Android swear by
0: it. So me on BlackBerry 10, I swear by it. I use it all the time. Well, I, do- I download my that. playlist offline, like all onto my device, and upset. I like my native though. <laughs> paid so. service, so it's kind of one of those you know, fosters. It's kind of interesting that Samsung is actually pushing Milk quite a bit, and Milk is actually their Spotify alternative, powered by Slacker Radio. It's kind of interesting oh. that you know Samsung is, is playing in that field. You know they're playing in the Beats field, <laughs> and you know BlackBerry is just like enterprise. We don't get the well, class.
4: uh, Spotify or what? What was Slacker Radio came default on BlackBerry 10, mm-hmm. so it seemed like they did have some type of partnership. BBOS too, maybe I think.
0: So. And I don't think they've updated the Slacker app once. No, it's not bad, though. Whatever. <laughs> but no, it's definitely cool to have a Snap, or rather Spot. Spotify well, coming like, to the platform. Mm-hmm.
1: It's Spot. like Songza. Uh, Songza like, came out on stage at Blackberry and oh, announced they were coming out with like, a native Songza app. What is it, like over a year later?
4: That was before they knew what would happen to Blackberry. That was before Google bought them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, that's true as well.
0: Yeah. So, um, Let's move on to the passport size comparison, Alex. Do you have anything to show us on that regard? I think I actually do, uh, surprisingly enough.
4: Let's see if you can maybe lock it on me for a second. Sure, you're locked. Okay, so here's just some of, if anyone wants to chime in. uh, They just showed, some of these are cardboard cutouts or paper cutouts, and then some of them are actual devices. But he just kind of showed off how big the Q10 you know, and the Passport are...
0: So... Not bad. It's yeah. such a big device, like, I love how it's a 4.5 inch screen and that the iPhone was a 3.5 inch okay, screen. It's,
4: <laughs> yeah, so, like, compared to the iPhone,
0: it's kind of, looks it, it's ridiculous.
4: But a cool thing from this is the height. It looks like the Passport is literally the exact same height as um, the iPhone. 5S. And then they, I think the one cool thing they showed off was compared to a Z30, because for people who have a Z30, this is a Z10.
0: Yeah, the Z30 is actually taller. Yeah. By a fair margin. Yeah, the the Passport, I believe, is, yeah, same size as the Z10, same height as the Playbook, so really cool that it just comes in at such a unique form factor. It's like a mini tablet in your pocket.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Would you you like me to expand a little bit on... um, how the Passport feels. Sure. How, what was it? Did it feel premium in your hands or? Okay so the, the look is, I mean I think we've seen images, we, everyone is, at this time have seen plenty of images of the Passport but to look at it live is something, you know, different and it looks really high-end, it looks really smart, It's an you know, it looks like an intelligent high-end device and the weight of it it's not heavy and it's not light what's also interesting is that um and i have a q10 here um you know some devices sometimes the weight is probably on the screen side or maybe it's down by the qwerty side the Mm physical qwerty side it was beautifully distributed throughout and when you picked up the device it was just so well balanced and it felt so great in the hands um, and even the guys over at N4BB, I mean they couldn't stop talking about it, you know, even hours afterwards. And um, it looks amazing, it feels really uh, surprisingly well. I got to uh, swipe my fingers across the keys. Um, that works incredibly well, surprisingly well. I mean, I've talked to plenty of people who had the device at the event and they just, uh, there were a lot of people with the devices that, you know, in their pockets and they were just carrying and using it as their daily driver. And so I was just asking questions, and you know, what was the su- most surprising or the best feature? And they said, the keyboard. You know, that touch capacity just moves so well and works so beautifully. And uh, you know, with the with 10.3, of course, and also with just all the apps and everything, it's just integrated so um, so intelligently. And you know, it's it's
2: just
3: it's going to be a hit.
2: Yeah, I, I just want to caveat off, you know, a little bit off what you said, but. I- like I was mentioning a couple of weeks ago, I just really just want to get the point that people and Ubae's, you know, his comments have kind of confirmed it. But BlackBerry has really took the term fabulous very serious in the design overall because, as Ubae said, they kind of distribute the weight evenly across the device, which is a great thing. So it doesn't feel like your hand is leaning forward. It got too much weight at the bottom or anything of that nature because when you pick up a tablet, any tablet itself, the weight is distributed evenly across it. So when you're looking at it overall, the form factor, okay, yeah, it appears very odd, but you're going to get it once it's in your hand. You will get why it is what it is. Um, and, you know, as you mentioned as well earlier, you know, over the quarters they have these devices lined up. I just can't wait to see the next iteration of what the Passport is going to be and what the anticipation behind the Passport 2 could be, so to speak, Um, just because I I can remember back when the Galaxy Note first launched, and people were like, oh, my God, this phone is huge, but it was a hit. And then the the Galaxy 2 launch was, like, even greater than, I think, the S3 at that time that was the current flagship. So it's just to say, like, if BlackBerry does come with this full-touch, you know, high-end device, will the Passport 2 also get that type of favor? As well, um, I'm kind of anxious to see that, and, and I mean, just to see what the device is going to do from its launch is, I think, it's what people are most eager to see.
0: Now, here's something else to bring up, Lauren. I want to ask you a question. Have you owned a Z10 before? Yeah.
5: Oh, yeah. That was my first Q10 device.
0: Okay, so you've had a Z10, you've had a Z30, you're rocking the Q10 right now. How is the screen experiences on those different devices, the OLED versus the LCD? we know that the uh, passport is actually going to be a 1440 by 1440 LCD panel. So uh, definitely a high pixel density as opposed to what your experience and what you're known to use on the Cordy device. How do you think that's going to translate over to the passport?
5: Yeah I think well um, it's kinda interesting seeing like the different screen sizes um, and how much of a difference that makes because um, like I'm not super partial to, I'm not super picky about how perfect the screen is or how great um, it looks, but I know Z10 and Z30 obviously uh, just looks so nice, and Q10 is good as well. But um, I think the Passport, I think it'll be pretty, obviously it'll be pretty fantastic, but um, fantastic. it'll be interesting to see like, how big it is compared to the Q10 because um, obviously both square screens. Um yeah, I don't know. I'm interested to see the yeah.
0: resolution. It's so going to be so interesting. I mean, we have the 3.1-inch screen on the QWERTY, um, the Q10, rather. Then the Classic will have a 3.5-inch square one-by-one one screen. And then the Passport coming in at this ginormous square of 4.5-inch. Definitely, really, just going to be really know, interesting to see how they lay that out.
3: And, you know, at the BlackBerry um, you know, Security Summit, they had the Passport on display, and they had it connected to an HDTV. And it was evident that the screen on the passport looked better than the HD monitor that they were demonstrating. It was crazy. I mean, you couldn't take your eyes off of it. It was, it was just that, uh, that beautiful to look at. Now,
0: now regarding the MHL cable that they use to actually connect that, is it a, is it a, a little adapter that you plug into the bottom of the passport that allows HDMI connection, or is it just one standard cable? Because it does charging in HDMI, I, I was under the assumption that
3: you had to have like some kind of little cheap adapter to hook into the HDMI You know, on the display they had one cable connected to the device going in mm-hmm. underneath Yeah, to make it So we couldn't see if there was anything else uh, under there, so um, I can't say I don't
4: know. Maybe they were using Wi-Fi Direct and
0: that was just a charging cable Yeah, it could be be Miracast, or, you know, it could be... Did it fill
1: (laughs) the entire screen that it was connected to, or is it like the Q10 is now, where it's kind of cropped?
3: No, it filled up the entire screen. Okay, cool. Wait, how?
4: Like, why? On a wide screen, there were black bars? Would there have to be?
3: Apparently not.
0: Apparently not. I mean, you could control control the...
3: the, the, Yeah, there were no black bars on the screen at all. Yeah, you can control the output over HDMI. I know that,
0: um... You can set a nineteen twenty by you know ten eighty, get the full you know ni- uh, sixteen by nine screen resolution there. So really cool. How did the back feel? You know, it, it seemed like uh, you know people quote unquote calling it a porcelain feel in the hand. Was it was it you know like like what you have on the Q ten with the glass weave or like the Z
3: ten or no. something a- above both? Uh, it was different from the Z ten and the uh, Q ten. Um, I couldn't hold it for too long. A lot of eyes watching, um, but um, it's 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 different than the, I do know that it's different than the Q10 and the Z10. Um, I know the edges. I mean, the the whole device was just you know just felt really expensive in the hand, and it looked really expensive. And the texture back. I don't know if it's if it's even finalized. I know that Chen, up until recently, was making last minute final decisions on uh, you know final. Um, on the entire device so um, but it is it, it is textured back but I, it's different than the Z10 that's
0: awesome I'm definitely looking forward to that uh, Brandon are you looking forward to a passport or are you, you holding out for an alt touch or what are you doing you got uh, your Z30 right now correct
1: You guys, yeah you guys know me I'm, I'm all about the touch um, I just like how I just like having the full screen. I like writing emails and stuff a lot too. But for me, it's I just don't. I, I've grown past the the tactile feel, and even now I'm so comfortable with my Z30 touchscreen. Like I even find myself typing on the go without even looking. Like I just know which words are gonna pop up, and I can flip them. So, I mean, you can you can grow accustomed to typing on the fly with a touchscreen as well. Plus, for for viewing videos and stuff, I personally like the, the uh, the landscape view. But they each their own.
0: Now, Alex, what are, what are they gonna do here? Because we have this Android runtime on the Passport, and some of the scaling that we've seen from the, you know on the Q10, Q10, some of the apps don't don't quite scale correctly. So, like Instagram, you'll be looking at like half a photo, you know, and then you have the bottom you know accent charms and things like that. Are they doing yeah. anything particular on the Passport to try to make that experience better? So first of all, like if you're on Instagram, I
4: think it would at least be a high enough pixel density where it wouldn't cut images in half. But there are definitely some um, Android apps that are really bad where it actually literally cuts off the bottom portion of it. And I think if it's not an entirely native app, then you might run into those problems. Uh, they scale otherwise. I think if it is a native, it will like, push the bottom menu up to kind of fit. But what they've implemented for the Passport at least is a zoom out option. I don't think it's coming to the Q10, um, and it might have something to do with the pixel density not being high enough, but you'll actually be able to zoom out, so it will give you this kind of, the full screen display, and you'll have a black bar on the left and the right um, side of it, and it's definitely a needed thing for at least, you know, the broken Android apps to at least work, and I think that's a big deal that they
0: implemented it. That'll be very cool to, you know, allow people at least the flexibility to switch what aspect ratio they're looking at there with an Android app. So it's been a big pain point for a lot of Q10 users. Just yeah. BlackBerry with their ear down on the ground listening to their customers. So you, you got to appreciate their their hardiness in, in making sure that the customers are getting what they need. Uh, Chen, as, as Jubei had mentioned very briefly, was over in Hong Kong finalizing some of the last bits on the Passport and likely some of the other devices coming forward. He also made mention to Bloomberg that there are no pending or current offers for BlackBerry. He's not interested in really, you know, seeing what anyone has to offer at this point. He wants to go it alone. He wants to make this business work, and he definitely wants to keep onto the handset side of that business. Do you guys think they're on point to sell the 10 million devices that they need to sell to keep that portion of the business profitable? Brandon, what do you think?
1: Me? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, like a I personally think that there, there is a market for the devices obviously um, it's just a matter on scaling the amount you you, you produce to, to what you, you foresee yourself selling and that's one of the beauty uh, the beautiful aspects of the Foxconn deal is that you know Foxconn they're a third-party um, um, factory that can produce the devices and they can kinda scale the, the production to demand so it's not gonna really they're not really taking a gamble, um, as much of a gamble on you know producing x amount of devices and needing to sell x amount of devices. Um, right now, they can you, you'll see them scaling. Like I said, the past three times uh, scaling to demand, so that they're not going to be losing money on as many devices. Like we saw with the Z10, where there was an overabundance of Z10 devices. Um, yeah. <laughs> and that hurts them financially because they have to write those write those off, right? And they're losing money on them. Whereas mm-hmm. if you, once again, scale it to demand, they don't have to... Uh, they won't, Ideally, they don't have to write down any devices. But I personally think it's going to lay for BlackBerry right now. I think they're focused on just cutting even with devices so that it's not a hurting point in terms of the grand scheme of things so that they're not losing money on it. And I think right now they're just focusing on you know, cutting even with it, and then future on, uh, in the future, who knows? Maybe they'll start making a profit again on devices. It's, it's really hard really, days, though.
0: really interesting that you mentioned that, Brandon. You know, talking about margin, I think they've got a pretty good margin for both Foxconn and BlackBerry on the Z3 devices. You can imagine the Passport device and even, you know, higher margin overall. Um, there's actually a comment here that we got from one of our viewers, Sean Jube. He's asking whether the passport keyboard when using it was more of a clicky keyboard or you were able to kind of tap around as you would on a touch screen do you still have that physical wordy
3: feel or does it feel like an extension of the touch screen it's absolutely a, a, um, a clicky um, very similar to the uh, Q10 for sure you click down it's, it's very tactical um, you know um, it's very responsive and likewise when you glide your finger across it's just, you know, it moves the screen, it moves the OS around, and you can turn it into landscape mode, and if you're in the web, you can use the entire keyboard pad as a mouse and to scroll through. It's, it's just, it works uh, incredibly well, well in- implemented.
4: Was it awkward having the space bar in that position? Because I know a lot of people were worried about that. I know you didn't have that much time with it, but...
3: Yeah, I mean, I saw some videos being played on it, and, you know, you get, this, you, get you get the black bars on there, Um, when you're watching stuff and then you've got the space bar in between uh, when you're moving and going back and forth just different when you're swiping up. I saw some demonstrations of the word uh, prediction when you swipe up from the keyboard that worked really well. Um, I didn't get to hold it with uh, two hands enough to see if the space bar uh, worked well but from all the testimonies, first-hand testimonies, I'm talking to uh, everyone there that, that had one. They were just, it, it just worked. Per- it worked better than they thought. Everyone had their suspicions, but when they had it, they just immediately dropped their Z30 and said, "I don't even, I don't even use it. Anymore. I can't
0: see it either, but I'm excited. Ah, I'm boy. excited because to, to me, I mean, I." Of course, I blog and whatnot. And I just feel like having that physical keyboard is going to make me so much more productive. Like, I will literally open up Word documents on the Z30, you know, type out an article, and then copy and paste it in. I would love to have the reliability of a physical keyboard, like I do on a laptop to actually be be able to do my blogging. So I'm really excited for the device. I know it has uh, an end user base that they're really targeting it for. Can you touch on any expanded. you know, what kind of markets we may see this device in. Were they showing any demos of the passport in any medical applications?
3: Yeah. And your mostly popular used word, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, That's that's Lauren's uh, favorite word. I don't even (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you got it from her. So they had uh, a number of booths set up. One of them when you first get off the uh, elevator because the event was then, the lower level and then it was in the museum in uh, Columbus Circle so lower level was where the event took place and then on the 7th floor of the museum they had a floor open with a number of booths with uh, different uh, companies and partners uh, demonstrating their apps and services Uh, eBBM actually have here a form called fluid mobility and uh, we can maybe go into it a little bit later but they also had retain mobile which I wrote an editorial about and one of them, the biggest one of the bigger ones, was they did have a medical um, implementation of the device. And they showed how a doctor and a patient is able to use the device to, um, as far as communication, you're talking about like prescriptions, uh, medical records, uh, how to securely, while remaining mobile, able to access certain um Information and able to use the device to um, communicate and you know um, well. This is the thing. I mean, a lot of people don't know this, but in the medical industry, there's so many different departments, so many different divisions, and they never really communicate with each other. So um, you know, the device, the passport was there, the medical um, you know uh, software was on there, and they were demonstrating um, mock-up prescriptions, mock-up uh, patient records, and we're just kind of demonstrating how easily you, could, uh, you can use a passport to look at the files, to send the files, to communi- uh, communicate the files with patients, with other departments. Um, the, um, I know that the camera in the back is going to be utilized. Uh, they didn't really expand on how it will be, but you know the screen really plays into um, you know, the screen size really plays into it, and uh, the quality of the screen, the way they were able to demonstrate um, just the application, it was, was um, just seemed designed almost with medical industry in mind. Um, that being said, also enterprise. That being said, also, you know, I see people using it for their daily drivers, and they were saying, I can use this way better than my Z30. I'm more productive on it. So, I think initially a lot of people saw the passport device as an exclude, like just kind of like a, oh, well, this is a very niche market, probably only for medical. But ever since its introduction, when John Chen was able to sh- demonstrate it, and ever since the media picked it up and, you know, there's been like this craze about it, um, more and more people are starting to see, you know, how it could be used for virtually anything. And it feels really great in the hand, and you can utilize it for any, no matter what, uh, you know, what career, what, uh, department you work in it's 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 just a very useful device it's a very productive device and you know between the battery power and all its specs it's it's a monster it's a monster. I
2: have a quick question Jubey um now in terms of like the the software on the medical side using the passport does this all has to be uh, implemented using you know the the QNX or is the passport in in terms of the software itself um is it going to be compatible with other uh, medical software, maybe through use of Microsoft or Apple anything of that nature like have they did they speak on anything of that nature?
3: The, the demonstrations were were limited. Um, I know that there's a lot of things that have yet to be revealed that they right. couldn't really expand on. So when you saw the passport and you saw the demonstrations, they um, it was limited, it was a limited demonstration but it looked really well and they were able to you know in a limited fashion kind of expand um, about its ability to do a lot of things and they demonstrated on the fundamental basic level what what, you know what the capabilities are Um, some of the uh, booths that were set up were were kind of similar that way where they uh, even with like SecuSmart and, and even with the fluid mobility and eBBM uh, all those demonstrations give you a pretty um, kind of a bare bones look at how it works, right. um, but not really a fleshed out, full um, you know experience that people can be wowed by. So lots of teases, lots of previews, mm-hmm. uh, nothing you know enough to really get a full understanding how it's all going to you know be integrated, how they're going to implement the QNX. Cloud, which by the way, and I think James might appreciate this, when they uh, were having a and a at the end, the guy were saying Q&X Cloud, and the guy said, no, um, BlackBerry Cloud, because yeah. BlackBerry owns Q&X. He yeah. did make yes. that distinction. He said, we own Q&X, and it's BlackBerry Cloud. So I did I did like that. I, oh, I, I appreciated that. They, um, need do, they need to do something there
0: with the cross-branding. I mean... I, I get that QNX has its own unique value, and perhaps some of their market clientele doesn't want the BlackBerry name at all associated with what's going on in the vehicle. But at the same time, QNX is so you know subverse underneath all of it that they might as well just brand this thing what it is. You know, at, at the end of the day, there are not separate offerings. This is all one company.
3: Yeah. Now, interestingly, you're driving that phone.
0: Interestingly enough, you know, bouncing right off of that. No, QNX is a wholly owned subsidiary of BlackBerry, and they actually just added in another wholly owned subsidiary that they announced there at the summit, which was SecuSmart. They actually announced that uh, acquisition there. Did you get to see any kind of demos of what was going on with that? I know the Secure Voice, I want to touch on that a little bit more while you elaborate. I'm going to pull up a web page over here, but did you get to see any of those uh,
3: calls in action? Yes, I did, actually. Um, There was a small... uh demonstration. Um, there was a, they already had the passport with the SecuSmart uh, um, SD card inside and they did a quick demonstration on how you could initiate uh, secure, uh, because that's what Smart is right, they, they decrypt uh, voice calls you know? and so they demonstrated it and what was really cool is how easy it was, how, how they implemented it into the OS where it's just effortless you get a call just like any other and it's just a simple little uh, colored bar that's on the top of your regular when you get an incoming call and uh, you're able to tap on that and um, initiate a encrypted voice call um, I know that uh, the guys over at JT and Nick over at n 4 bb Actually got to hold the phone and look at it, and uh, actually put it to, e- to their ear and hear the quality and the superior, uh, superior uh, audio quality over the uh, you know encrypted uh, voice call, and it was just it was uh, it was amazing, and it was so it was so simple. So the implementation was impressive, and the voice uh, call quality was amazing. And uh, do you know if it uses it, data?
4: Uh, you're saying that call quality is good. Do you know if it uses network or if it uses, like, BBM voice? Because that uses data, and it's very clear.
3: I, you know, I believe that was answered, and I was not around to hear that answer. <laughs> um, I would imagine it would be, oh, there it is as it pops up. Uh, James brings up the... Uh... Yeah, I'm just going to Shanghai this
0: one real quick for us here. So it is a pretty cool telephony technology that they've built. It's it's all in this smart SD card, which you see here. Essentially, the SD card is more like a mini, mini computer. It's got a coprocessor here and a crypto controller. That's what's doing a lot of the onboard encryption. But what I really wanted to talk about, you know, bouncing right off of Jubei, it's such a, again, what they demonstrate is such a small, small part of what's capable. And Jubei's already mentioned that in, in full. So essentially this is the smart chip, but where you can put the smart chip is where it kind of starts to get interesting. So not only do we have BlackBerry phones themselves, you can also put these into other types of devices as well. You can actually imagine building a case solution for an iPhone to be able to accept this kind of card. You can imagine putting this into an expandable memory slot on an Android device. You get the same
3: kind of security. They already mentioned that. They mentioned that they're going to be supporting, they already support iPhone and Android and will be supporting Windows soon. Yep. And you'll see here as well, they've also got
0: something called SecuGate, which is a secure way to bring this kind of encrypted calling onto desktop telephones. So you're on a landline connection, you're able to still get the voice over IP encryption. Uh, onto you know non-mobile devices, so you can imagine those pre-installed phones you know in enterprise can now have the same kind of security. You can imagine maybe BlackBerry wanting to leverage BBM Voice onto these secure terminals. Yeah. I think just, one
2: thing is amazing that, that I love about BlackBerry. So many people just looking at the bigger picture in terms of Blackberry's comeback and that they're trying to pretty much uh, you know strengthen themselves into the enterprise you know side of things, but. Honestly, if you looked at it in the recent months, their biggest thing is like kind of locking down just security in the mobile world. Like this, you know, uh, SecuSmart is going to be uh, so huge for them. Not in terms of providing financial revenue, <laughs> especially bringing it here stateside and, you know, the government, you know, in all wanting to, you know, have this technology uh, incorporated in their communications and then, Google and Apple wanting to say that they can provide security and having to go to BlackBerry and say, "Hey, we want your technology," because BlackBerry has acquired this company. It's such a big thing on that end of the spectrum. I think it's just something that people are really look overlooking, like it's going to be a standard here very soon to have this technology, especially in mobile devices. Uh, yeah,
3: absolutely. I mean, absolutely. the first, uh, yeah, the first announcement uh, after the announced that uh, they. The acquisition of SecuSmart, a representative stood up and he said, "We actually just our our client we just got is NATO, so um, (laughs) no big deal, (laughs) no big deal, you know." (laughs) And uh, one thing I wanted to mention also for James is that you know SecuSmart right now it's about like the s that that chip that they the SD card that they put in there. They did mention that in the future they have plans of just making it software where it's already integrated into the hardware of the device and not something, not a chip that you have to install. So, it's,
0: it's interesting because, you know, right right off of that, I want to touch on – actually, we'll, we'll, we'll go to uh, – we'll finish this up here on the Smart, and then we'll jump over to those high margins that they're making on those devices. They're selling these Blackberries with this smart chip pre-installed for €2,000. Like, that's, that's a great margin. And to, to yeah. gobble up the company and be able to absorb all of that into your own is uh, definitely pretty powerful. Uh, Chen had mentioned at the earnings call last about something called BBM Meeting. You guys remember that being touched yeah. on at all? Yeah. I think it may have something very, very down the line. Oh, yeah. Have something to do with this. It's called Secu, Secu Bridge. Secu Bridge is a, a terminal box, which you can see here. I'm going to take it off Jubei real quick. Um, and it shows off here that they've essentially got 64 SecuSmart chips all installed in this bridge, and that allows them secure conference calls with up to 64 participants. So wouldn't
4: that be insanely expensive, 64
0: times 2,000? You know, maybe they they get a deal when you buy them in bulk. I'm I'm not entirely (laughs) sure. But definitely you can see here that there's a lot of money to be made with this kind of security solution. You know, secure voice is really the last frontier that BlackBerry had to conquer. They already got secure email, secure messaging. Uh, you know the secure MDM uh, you know, EMM uh, platform underneath. Now they can offer voice as well, and all of that. It's really powerful to see. You know what the potential is here with what they can do with all of this. Yeah, but I want to go. I want to go back to the as Alex mentioned, those high margins that we were talking about. And the fact that you know BlackBerry is able to sell these BlackBerry 10 devices for about two thousand dollars, and in fact, the German government uh, is actually going to purchase twenty k more of these devices for their their uh, workers there. What do you guys think about that in the the margins overall that they'll be making?
4: Really quick, I want to say uh, answer your previous question. Um, so you mentioned that it's voice over IP, so that means that it is the same as BBM voice. It would be using data, so it could potentially be clear. And then with the partnership with BlackBerry, BBM voice is so clear that I'm sure they'll be able to integrate it better, and it will sound like BBM voice, which would be phenomenal. Um, yeah. But yeah, the the high profit margins, you know. There's a lot of money to be made, and I'm I'm curious how much they spent on this company, because they kind of release all this information about how high the profit margins are and how early that they are to market, and then it's like BlackBerry purchased them, so they probably paid you know a pretty high premium for
0: this. Chen um, had said in a Bloomberg interview a couple weeks back that. You know, he was looking at some security acquisitions, and now we know what he meant. Yeah. Um, and he said he wasn't uh, looking, he wasn't looking to spend more than a hundred million, so we can put it well, under that
3: under that ballpark. Chen did, yeah. Chen did mention at the opening um, speech that you know, Seiki, Smart and BlackBerry had a long time partnership yeah. and relationship, and they both naturally saw an evolution between you know the two of them and. I, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it's in that ballpark range, uh, James, because both companies almost seemed like they were almost designed to uh, work together. So, yeah. Yeah. enhance their offerings
2: together. I think it's also going to just more on the financial side. Um, would you, uh, would you be saying if they, you know, go away from actually using, you know, the actual hardware and the chips and integrating it within the software, that in turn is going to cut costs for them in the long run and still implement a good cash flow to bring in um, in terms of the revenue for its security purposes uh, but yeah you know SecuSmart and BlackBerry are just they just very, they seem very cohesive together like it was just it, it was a match made in heaven almost for these two to you know be together the acquisition was it, it was like well, a surprise the in the air <laughs> <Right>.
0: <laughs> I wonder when the honeymoon yeah. is or is that right now
2: <laughs> yeah they're yeah. in the romantic phase
4: now it would be scary to see Apple or Microsoft or uh, Google buy up, you know, Smart. This is, like, it's almost like a strategic buy just so no one else gets
2: it, too. Yeah. And just the, thing, like, the in terms of the amount of money that may have been spent on this acquisition, I don't even think people are really fathom fathom how big of an acquisition that this really is in terms of, you know, tech companies buying another company, like, A lot of tech companies buy, you know, developing companies for certain purposes because they want to improve, you know, whether it be the UI or they want to give a better uh, hardware, you know, experience for their customers. But this here is truly like one of the biggest ones that has a a great deal of importance to it. And not only that, I mean, (laughs) you're really witnessing the genius of John Chen and what he's going to do with BlackBerry. Just Just thinking like a year ago where BlackBerry was at and then seeing them now. It's almost like there's no way that was the, that was the same company. So, I mean, he, he's got them, like, on solid ground right now. I, I don't think there's anything but up to go. You
1: know what's funny is that uh, BlackBerry, their, their market cap is, what, like $6 billion, $6 billion or something. How much cash do they have, Alex? About, like, $2 billion? $3.1
0: right. billion. Yeah. $3.1 yeah. Billion. They
1: probably If you think some. about it, so even if they spent all their cash on SecuSmart to make their phones the most secure... It would be less than how much Snapchat is value, is valued at. I mean, that's ridiculous, eh, these, these days when, like, a Snapchat app is worth more than, you know, security or something like that. It's crazy. But, you
4: know, the, the, the marketing potential. Like, a lot of people laugh about Facebook, um, too, but, you know, Google, a, a good example of this is Google AdWords. Google is making, I think, $31 billion a year from Google AdWords, and that's just sick money in advertising and then you look at Facebook and now they're monitoring these people and and, you know getting so much data you can actually now advertise to someone say that you want to advertise to someone who bought Dove soap within the last week you can advertise to a hundred thousand people who bought Dove soap last week that are female between this age. Mm -hmm. So advertising is where all this money is coming from you look at Blackberry, security is a big deal but Snapchat has the users that you could throw in a little advertisement exactly. in there, and it's, mm-hmm. it's so much more valuable. So I'm, yeah. I'm really hoping BlackBerry, uh, BBM and BBM channels, whether they throw stuff within the feeds, um, just these little advertisements within a social network, I think BBM could really be a big, big, big thing for BlackBerry, even bigger than BlackBerry itself.
0: And let's let's talk about that, Alex. I mean, let's look at what BlackBerry is doing today to monetize BBM. Um, right now we do have sponsored invites. I asked, what does a sponsored invite look like on iOS? And, and it's actually pretty simple. Uh, Matthew, who's our iPhone guy on Veryflow, he actually says that he got a sponsored invite the other day for Candy Crush. And essentially you'd hit the sponsored invite and it'd launch the app store and you tell you to go download Candy Crush. Like real simple, real logical. But you wonder like what the advertising platform is and how they expanded to meet you know, that that different solution there. As well, we have these virtual goods inside of BBM, these stickers that are selling at $2 a pack. You know, there's a lot of potential there. Supposedly about 30% of BBM users are in enterprise of that active base. So if we take 85 million, take away 30, we're at about 55 million active consumer users of BBM. If each one of those users, again, these are active monthly users, Buys yeah. one sticker pack. That's over a hundred million dollars. You know, easy.
1: Yeah, yeah margins easy. are high on sticker like sticker yeah. packs. I yeah, mean, it's
4: virtual good.
1: Yeah, okay, like so. how much of how like how much does it cost to create sticker packs? I guess you pay for the artists and stuff, but at the end of the day, you have yeah. But the
4: BBM stickers, they're just scaling them up. Yeah, it's
1: yeah.
0: not costing them anything.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Right. So there's definitely just like, and Darius has a great article coming very shortly on this. Uh, BBM monetization as a whole and so we'll definitely get back to that what I want to move on to now is BlackBerry Guardian that was actually detailed at the security summit, we've seen it on 10.3 al- already, it's really cool um, in the sense that any third party APK be it from Snap, be it from the Amazon store, is going to get scanned on the Guardian servers with Trend Micro's algorithms underneath to tell you whether that application is breaching malware or has privacy issues etc. So really cool that BlackBerry, again, is putting their foot forward with security and offering that directly to users who may want to dabble in Android applications but are afraid of maybe, you know, abusive permissions and things like that. What do you guys think of the Guardian move in light of the Amazon deal that is also playing uh, out underneath us here?
4: Really quick, they, they did say that I think it will also do within the browser. Say you just went to the browser and got an APK and loaded it. It's not just within the third-party
2: app stores. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, it, I know it's, Black- it's
0: built into the APK installer. You're absolutely yeah,
2: right. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I know BlackBerry Loyalists are definitely excited to hear that, especially with, you know, the integration of the Amazon App Store. So it's kind of a side because a lot of people are just like, well, is it going to be, is the Amazon App Store going to be a part of the BlackBerry app world? Are there going to be two separate entities? Will we still have the same security provided in terms of, you know, downloading applications and having to worry about, you know, malware and things of that nature? And so it's a good thing to know that, the protection there, yeah, the security's there, it's provided, so, you know, it just teaching about you, you know, daily. And,
3: and not to not to say that it, it wasn't secure before, it absolutely right. was. This right. is just an
2: additional layer,
3: psychological purposes yeah. maybe, yeah. Or just, you know, another option for people uh, when they download whatever app to run it through Guardian and yeah. to get that, you know, you know, this is co-
1: yeah, this is completely just for peace of mind Yeah, it's uh, for people because like the Android apps, they're run in a sandbox on uh, BB10, so I mean, it's already really secure, and I think this is more of like a, for all those people who are kind of worried about it, it's kind of got like that placebo effect where people mm-hmm. are like, oh, it's got that.
3: It's got it has also could be a huge marketing uh, feature, even too, you know? I yeah. think so.
0: I think it could be a huge marketing feature. Hey, guys, we can secure Android. For, yes. Yeah, we're the secure
4: Android, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. And and, you, it, and here's it's a, it's a double-edged sword, right? So yeah. yes, it's a placebo effect for most users, just like the Amazon store is really, because you could just get Snap yeah. and yeah. get all the latest versions of all these Android apps, but mm-hmm. total, total side conversation. With Guardian, um, you know, if you download an Android application and it's asking for file permissions it doesn't need, you know... Right. Right. You can still accept those, and it can still siphon your data, you know? So mm-hmm. it's yes, it's securely in a container, and it won't affect other applications and breach in, but at the same time, it gives you kind of that forewarning. It's like, look, this this, this flashlight is asking for your contact list. You yeah. want to give it up? And it just kind of can give you that forethought of whether this is actually yeah. malware or something good, especially yeah. with people think, using uh, one mobile
3: With uh, consumers, you know, they're going to yeah. see it and be like, oh, cool, I can download this, and then I can check to see if it's safe. You know, it's just
0: it's, yeah. it's a little get- you feel good. It works really well. Yeah. Right now, Lauren, here's a question for you. Do you use Android applications at all on your your BB10 devices, or do you use like one or two, or are you a strictly <laughs> purist, native, Cascades experience type of gal?
5: No, I love Android apps. I I'm like the one that somebody would be like, oh, this app doesn't work, and I'm like, well, I have to try it on my phone. It, maybe it'll work on my phone. And yeah, so I have Snap downloaded, and obviously like. There's a ton of... Like, when I had my Z30, obviously, almost everything works and looks great. Um, Now that I'm on a Q10, obviously, there's a lot that don't fit. They look weird. They get cut off. Um, So that's kind of annoying. But, yeah, no, I I love the Android version of apps. I mean, obviously, I would prefer a native app just because it runs a lot smoother. But for the most part, there's a ton of apps that work just fine as Android apps. So... I'm excited for Blackberry Guardian. To, I mean, it's just another way for people to be like, oh wow, Blackberry is so secure. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: So. Right. They need to capitalize. Yeah, it the they need to market it. Enough. Mm-hmm. They need to just impress upon it. I mean, I would love when BBM Video, please come for one. Like that's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when it, when it, and if it comes to them, you know, put an advertisement out there from BBM, not from Blackberry, but from BBM as its own standalone unit and be like, look, guys, this is what we can offer. We can offer secure voice calls. We can offer secure messaging, groups, channels, stickers, all that, in one cohesive package and just let people know. I mean, if anyone knows anything about BBM today, outside of the the people who are already using it, is that BBM is this old chat application that died on Blackberry back when Blackberry died. There's no conception that there is an iPhone version or a Windows version of this application. They need to just get that out there. We're even on Windows, guys. We're even
3: on Windows. <laughs>
1: yeah, definitely. Yeah.
3: You okay. gave me a couple questions to ask about uh, John Sims about the uh, BBM and the, its future, too. I don't yeah. know if you want my to... Th- my thing was, like, you know, Snapchat wants to do mobile
0: payments. Uh, WeChat now has Glimpse, and so does Kik. Kike, I don't know how you... Whatever.
4: Uh, yeah. <laughs> like a, lot of
0: these, a lot of these unique features that were first implemented in BBM are now being stolen by competitors. I mean, iMessage did mm-hmm. the same thing years ago. They just took the read and replied or read and uh, unread message notifications and built that into their system as well. So people have been ripping off BBM since 2007. I mean, but the, the end consumer
4: doesn't care. That's the problem. Like they don't care if they're first, second, third. They got it though. That's all that
0: really matters. Yeah, uh, but I think you know, with the security heritage that BlackBerry has, they need to say like, look, we can do all of this and more and securely. And whether that brings peace of mind to your mobile payments is really going to come down to the end user. I think as a as a user myself, as a quote unquote prosumer is what I like to call myself, uh, that you know secure mobile payments directly to my family and friends, even you guys. Like, if I need to send Pooter some money for some some artwork he did. It oh be so man, cool to that, do would do that. Be
1: so good. Like so many know. times when you're out and you're like, nowadays, like I hardly pay for anything in cash. I like use my credit card or yeah, use debit card. Yeah, it's hard to split card. bills with that. So if I want to like, or, or if like my, my friend buys me a drink or something, I want to get him back, like and pay him back another day. I usually never have cash, so it'd be so convenient yeah. if you could just like tap your phone and be like, here, man, here's like five bucks, or so just send them a BBM with your money, and yeah. like it gets it's cool. coming like that it, is. So it is. Bad. How
0: long, though? It, they well, BlackBerry! Them? BlackBerry earlier this year. I don't know if you guys remember, but they announced. Yeah. Uh, what is it? Endstream, Upstream? Did they steal the name N- from? Endstream <laughs> is like some
4: <laughs>
1: consortium that, like, they they yeah. have in Canada between all the tel- the telcos and and, and Blackberry's kind of providing security for for mobile payments. But I also think that BlackBerry. Um, I forget who the new the new guy who's in charge of uh, BBM is, uh, BlackBerry, but he mentioned that they were um, looking into mobile payments um, specifically through BBM. And uh, we know that BBM in Indonesia, they have uh, uh, payments. BBM um, money? BBM. Yeah, BBM money, exactly.
0: Yeah. It's really Just, cool. I think you can send like up to $500 per transaction. Yeah, bank, to right. your bank, and it's like bank to bank that's what's cool that it's not like I'm sending you a PayPal and it's somewhere third party like in the cloud right I think to be, it,
3: yeah, it needs to be clear John Sims made it clear that they will not um, launch this feature without the partnerships of the financial um, the you know establishments total. all the banks are on board and everything's secure um, they're gonna do it differently than, than PayPal which is important and um, they're not gonna. They're gonna make. They're not gonna make an early mistake in the old management team where they're gonna launch something before it's really uh, fleshed out and done properly and uh, ironed out or half baked or you know some sort of beta. You know, it seems like some sort of beta. Speaking, they're gonna, speaking
0: they're gonna of beta. Speaking of beta. Wow. I mean, the B B
3: M Windows just
0: went into beta. Actually, it just came out of beta, but it's still in beta. <laughs> How do you guys like the native experience that they're bringing there, the Windows application?
1: Honestly, I feel bad for Windows Phone. I mean, like, what? Instagram's on beta, BBM's on beta. It's like, one of these days, all the apps will come out of beta. One but day. Maybe we get really make- a
0: cohesive platform. Maybe then.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I really I, like I, the uh, user interface for the uh, Windows BBM app. It's uh, yeah. that's the one so strike that
4: everybody
1: says is like, oh, the user interface. It looks really nice and clean. Um... I don't have a Windows phone. I don't know anybody who has one, so I, I, I don't really know about the functionality aspect. But they're visually, clearly visual know? looks
4: nice. I, I feel better about telling a Windows phone user to get BBM now than I do for an Android or iOS, so I wouldn't say I feel yeah, bad for, for them. Sure. I, the fact that it's native, this is a huge thing. BlackBerry knows this, and they're going to make iOS and Android native. Um, but, you know, I wonder yeah, if yeah. it's... Will, will they just, um, you know, how difficult will... will them to do this, like will they redo it from scratch? I don't think so. Will it just be changing some of the UI elements, and they could actually get an update out within, you know, a week?
3: So this Note was apps- discussed at the security summit, and um, you know during the Q and A, um, and they did mention in the past they thought it was a wise idea to have BBM cross-platform, that the apps on the Android, iOS, be work. Like BB10. Now all the current management is like that was probably not the best idea. They are going to make BBM completely native on each platform, so it works seamlessly with uh, whatever device that they have. And it's going to be pushed out like it has been on uh, consistent updates. You know, ever since um, the division has been created, John Chen established you know the four divisions of Blackberry we saw consistent uh, say about what every two to three months consistent updates for BBM and that's gonna continue to roll out and they're gonna move in that direction of making everything native to that platform in addition to other updates so uh, I think it was a you know it's a great move um, and hopefully it will roll out sooner than later I think
1: this is a a great opportunity if they they kind of focus on getting the the video and some of the key features into BBM and then they create the new, you know, um, OS specific user interface. It could be a really great way to kind of do a refresh of BBM Right, for just, like launch, a, just like a you know?
0: relaunch, yeah. the small yeah, user base that like you have garnered will be able to re-advertise it to their consortium.
1: Exactly, because mm-hmm. I know a lot of friends that I tried to get on BBM and they joined like the first day and then when it was missing a whole bunch of features they ended up uh, ditching it and I know if, they, if BBM came up with those features and they were also native to the OS, a lot of those people would probably be a lot more likely to stick around after.
3: Yeah, I mean, I have a friend uh, from London, Shazia, she's uh, watching now, and she was kind enough to download BBM on her iPhone when it first started, when it was just, you know, it didn't have all the features, and, you know, she hung in there, and as soon as the voice came on, you know, it became a huge, it was so much better, and, uh, I mean, how much more would it be if, yeah, like you said, video made its way on there, and eventually BBM money made its way on there, Uh, so it's... It's you know it's a work in progress. I don't know if it's 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 hurting BlackBerry the BBM's image that the rollouts are happening this way and not just being launched full featured, but you know it's coming. So I think they're
4: hurting themselves more by doing the BB10 look on Android and iOS than they are hurting themselves with giving a beta for for Windows Phone. Um, and I don't know if I, I, you guys know or if some of the viewers don't know but they actually gave a a unique feature to the Windows Phone, BBM. Yes,
0: it's pretty cool too, it's pretty cool.
4: So what they say is, if you're in a conversation and either you talk to this person frequently or if you're in an interesting conversation with them, there's a button to pin it. And what you do is you click it and you know how Windows Phone is. There are a bunch of tiles, um, live tiles, and it'll actually take the direct conversation, um, like a link to it and put it on the pin. You can drag it to the top. So yeah. I can tap it and it'll bring me directly into your conversation. And that's something BlackBerry 10 doesn't have. That's something, you know, it's unique to the platform. And I think this is one of the things that you can tell they're putting the detail in and they're caring about the platform rather than saying, here's BB10 BBM on
0: Android and iOS. So here's how I see. Under Torsten's management, they half-assed BBM. They put it out there. It wasn't something they were entirely dedicated to. Now with with Sims kind of overseeing that division and Chen obviously putting the gas pedal down, as Jubea said, just kind of come with these consistent updates and keep that they're, they're invested in it. You know, they're they're here to make sure it makes money for them.
3: Oh I mean, yeah, that's that was certain clear, certainly clear.
0: Be it be it an enterprise, be it on consumer, they're going to play both fields. They're going to make BBM make money. It's a channel, it's a platform, and really all messaging platforms these days are trying to be more than they are. You know, they want to integrate this that have all that together. Coming off of what Alex had mentioned there, bringing in a a native look and feel to iOS and Android and making exemplary experiences for customers is going to be huge. Already on uh, Android, there is a widget for BBM so that you can have your conversations without really launching the application, just in the background. As you had mentioned here as well, you can not only pin conversations to start Menu, but you can also pin groups. To, to your main menu on, on the Windows phone. So really cool that they're building that in. iOS, you have nothing special, so we're not building anything fancy for you as of yet. Uh. <laughs> that, makes, that makes me jealous now. Like, why can't we pin within our hub,
4: like, one conversation, just let it sit at the top of the hub?
3: Alex, you're just going to have to
4: buy
0: a Windows phone, oh, man. man. I, right? <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, because, because pinning a conversation outweighs screen share and or video. How come, and, or how come the hub
1: can't be dark themed Mysteries hey, of life. Don't
0: you, it doesn't matter because the newer phones <laughs>
4: won't be OLED at least for the time being. Yeah. So I think they kind of back shelf that until maybe OLED is more accessible mm-hmm. then yeah. yeah. cheaper. Cheaper. There you go. I can. God, go. I want dark theme hub so bad though.
1: I know. I want a
0: dark theme hub. <laughs> but now I'm
4: already over my Z30, so I'm already on the uh-huh. passport. So yeah.
0: You know. Yeah. So someone had just commented here on the posting that Alibaba, which is the Western version of uh, that was Baseball. Western. We ver- yeah, Western Facebook. No, Western version of Amazon and eBay has eBay. Put, yeah put two hundred and fifty billion yeah. dollars into Tango, which is another competitive client. So, what was the insight that John Sims had on some of the questions that we asked about keeping BBM competitive?
3: Well, uh, he did acknowledge that these other uh, companies are uh, bringing these features, but you know there's a distinction that needs to be made you know some of these companies are tacking on these features and there's a difference between tacking on and integrating implementing something um, thoroughly um, a lot of imitations out there I know that when we look at WhatsApp and they have like that R&D or I should say actually the check track- yeah. you know it doesn't really work the same way and you know to the end user does it make a difference I don't know uh, I'm sure they don't know the technical aspects of it but those are one of the things where he says you know these other companies are kind of throwing these features together trying to hope that something would stick to make it popular Uh you know Blackberries, there's something uh, you know about them that when they create you know software or they build a device you know they really put everything into it you know all the details making it secure from the bottom to the top. And, you know, although he couldn't comment on some of the future um, features coming to BBM, he did acknowledge that they are fully aware of all the shortcomings and the competition and all the feedback they've been getting from people from the cross-platforms. And they're taking notes of everything, and they're working around the clock, to bring and to fix and to iron out and to update all of these things in a timely fashion. So, um, you know, yeah. like there are other announcements that they can't really talk about. BBM does have new things coming. He did casually mention BBM Money, so, I'm, you know. But as far as BBM Video, they ain't said no? shit. They ain't said shit about it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's yeah, just I- <laughs> uh, I don't
0: don't know why that is. I know that BBM on Playbook and BlackBerry 10 actually runs through BlackBerry's infrastructure. It's got a whole video kind of architecture underneath. I don't know if rigging that onto iOS and Android is a little bit more involved than we think, whether they're holding it off for a more cohesive launch later with Blend, or whether... It's kind of
3: just been we're not going to talk about it anymore. Let's pretend. Well, John, we're Johnson's, about it. Uh, yeah, Johnson's straight up just said, well, BBM Video is going to be available for enterprise before it's even considered for the consumer side of things. So,
0: it makes sense. It's like I can't monetize off of BBM Video. It's a great service to give you, but I'm not making any money from it.
3: So yeah, and it requires so much resources to sustain, to run. Support, support, keep
0: up. Yeah, I think BBM right now runs about 100 to $200 million a year. Not BBM, rather, but the whole network infrastructure for BES, etc., etc. Yeah. So it's expensive. They need to get some kind of return on that. The developers, uh, see if you guys can chime in here. We got two different updates. We got one for a 10.3 version of the BlackBerry app world. I guess, pending a 10.3 update of some kind you know, coming in the future. And they're also removing the apps for Snapchat, apps for Spotify, apps for every app that's not really actually in BlackBerry World. How do you guys feel about the strategic move there to not only update BlackBerry World, break it for 10.3 users, <laughs> and yeah. also uh, kind of clear out some of the trash that was uh, filling up BlackBerry World? What do you guys think?
1: Finally, like honestly, they needed to do this such a long time ago they should even go a step further and allow people to report apps that they see on the store that are obviously like cash grabs that don't do what they say they do there's nothing that like... Get
5: abused too, there's
1: nothing that like upsets me more as a developer than seeing like an app for snapchat like that. that's a name, app for snapchat, that's two dollars and it's a top grossing app and it's not actually like a snapchat snapchat app, it's just like one that shows like a feed
4: but you something. read the comments, I don't understand people, I really don't. You read this comments well, look, that are like, I mean, scam, like, don't buy this app, this is not the real app, yet yeah, people are still buying it. Yeah,
1: to it's you like, and me, it's obvious, like yeah. I would never buy that, like I would know better, but like to someone like my mom who's going on like Black Bear World, she might be seeing the title of it and then yeah. just download it, right?
3: Yeah. Right. And I mean... I, I'm with Brandon on this, on the whole like, thank God, finally. Yeah.
0: Lauren just gets all her apps for free from Snap, so she's like, whatever. I don't deal <laughs> with none of that. <laughs> they have to take it to the next
4: step and remove more of the bulk.
2: Um, yeah. Out there. Well, you can see they're yeah they're definitely cleaning it up, you know, trimming it down, and yeah, pretty much making that room for the Amazon App Store because, I mean, you know, of, as much as we love the native Cascade experience and we would love to have it. In terms of you know the most popular uh, social media apps and such, I mean there's nothing that can replace what we get from Snap and what we'll get from Android App Store. You know that actual app that uh, you know that is provided through the social media site. So I mean it's a good move by BlackBerry. I mean me personally, I'm having I I don't have the uh, update on you're all right, Lauren. I'm bad. i just make mis- <laughs> sure no but She's I don't
0: allergic to bullshit, I'm <laughs>
2: <kidding>. <laughs> no, I don't have the latest update but just for the fact cuz I've been running in the 10.3 bar you know from earlier but um, yeah. I've been hearing good things about it and I mean I'm just happy to see that it's definitely happening now so I think we'll see more of it later in future updates
0: in the, and on the 10.3 Blackbird world update they made the carousel smaller so again just De-emphasizing the consumer aspects of the app store or the Blackberry world that they have. supposedly you know you can put whatever you want in Blackberry world as long as it doesn't break the terms. They just aren't going to be promoting proactively in the carousel things like games and you know consumer fun apps. So if it's a banking app, if it's a productivity app, if it's you know a utility, that'll be shown in the carousel and on the front end, but really you're gonna have to go dig in for games and some of the consumer the good consumer apps that are still in Blackberry World kind of bothers me because we have so many interesting and well-built native games on BlackBerry 10. And the whole games application itself with Scoreloop and, you know, my friends inviting me to play games, seeing their stats and things, is that just going to – they shut Scoreloop down, they right? Shut so shut
1: Scoreloop down, yeah. So it was actually a-, a really great service. It was cross-platform. Right. Uh, a bunch of games used it, but I guess –
0: Here's the, thing, here's the thing here's the thing here's the thing as well and developers hopefully you guys have some insight on this but Jeremy and I were actually discussing it it's like they built they worked so hard they spent so much money with developer relations working with Sensha, working with unity working with all these you know Cordova Cordova and all these other platforms to make publishing of games and things like that like one hit you know publish mm-hmm. the blackberry world press go and you're done are now those developers gonna are they are especially like game developers looking to target Blackberry 10. Are they it's, gonna are they gonna press the one click and just port their app natively, or are they gonna rather package it as Android and then put it on Amazon so that they can get it on BlackBerry? You
1: know. No, know What it's funny because in my view as a developer, I think that BlackBerry hit it on the nail when it came to um, developer like game developer relations. Mm-hmm. They hit it on the nail. Like for most game developers, they they support most of the engines, and for for most of these developers, it's a matter of just. Building like clicking a button and exporting it so that you can send it off to Blackberry World. Like it's they've made it extremely easy, especially for developers that use Unity. Like I think we'll still see native Unity uh, game apps, um, but I don't know. Maybe for other apps, they might just instead of putting it on two stores, they'll just have the one on Amazon or something like
0: that. And then there's instead there's having- there's some other there's some other titles there as well, like the. Uh- like mega upload, which is in BlackBerry World as an Android port, but not in Amazon. So it's kinda like it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a really weird kind of transition period yeah. whether they move those applications over or whether they just kinda sit there and continue to get updates or, or what really is going to happen, you know? But Alex, let's talk about a little bit about scaling. For you guys' applications, are you targeting the passport with a brand new build? Are you changing the UI or are you just kind of going with the auto Yeah, so uh,
4: really quick, I want to do a PSA that uh, Derek brought up for people whose Blackberry rule is breaking on 10.3 so that's probably for the people who are on 296 which is obviously a really really old build. He said that it is not API complete so you have to expect stuff like that happening and like honestly if you're running an old beta as your main operating system you know stuff like this is gonna happen, it's part of the risk that you're taking Um, but I just know people made it a big deal so I figured or he, he said we should probably point that out. Um, so to the scaling up, I currently what I am doing is when 10.3 becomes a thing, then I will push out a 10.3 update, and I I don't want to use... I don't know, I want a passport in my hands when I start building it. I don't like mm-hmm. the simulator at all. Like, especially it being 1440 by 1440, I, it you know it's actual resolution and I have a 1920 by 1080 monitor. So 1080 pixels, 1440 pixels is higher, so it'll actually cut off some of the emulator. It, I don't know. I just hate emulators. I'm sorry. I want the actual device yeah. to test it.
1: Also, if you have a MacBook you're developing for BB10, <laughs> right. um, unless you have uh, Windows on your computer on a partition, you can actually use a simulator. Um, to build apps. So, all the apps I've made, I've been using my own devices to, uh, to test them and stuff, or getting wow. friends. But I mean, like, for instance, my apps, I have no clue whether they're going to work on a passport or not, because yeah. I can't just send a developer, another developer, or like a friend I know, my entire source code to, so that he can build the app and run the simulator. So, I'm probably going to have to wait till, it's, till it's, it's released, and I'll get someone to test the beta bar or something like that I prefer a physical device though yeah them. I
4: think that's how most developers feel at this point so most of us will probably let the queue time just auto scale whatever happens happens yeah. and the initial people getting passports some of the apps might have some problems because yeah. it, it will scale and run well but there you know there might be random spacing problems here and there it's just right. that happens For and sure. I'll, you know we're not gonna put the time into it until I, I, most of us won't. I know yeah. Jeremy. Jeremy already made all all of his apps yeah. are the passport. Very flow if app is passport ready. If you're a is, is really, yeah. you're
1: a really good developer, you you build your app to be able to scale to most scale yeah. sizes. You know, it's like developers like me. Like like I can, if I put in the effort and stuff, I could probably try and figure it out. But there's always going to be a few things I didn't think
4: of. That oh, but, yeah, when we first started developing,
1: it was so different. Yeah,
4: That's, exactly. Um, yeah. They, they, what are they using now? Uh, units? What, can you think of it? Yeah, design uh, units. Design I, units, I, yeah. I Before
1: I was around that yet, like exactly. I gotta actually
4: do some math and shit for that. Shit. <laughs> right.
0: So, yeah. So... Actually, like, <laughs> measure it out and make sure it all works. Yeah. yeah. If we
4: built the app right now, we'd be fine, and we wouldn't even have to worry about it scaling up. Like we'll be fine. But right exactly. now, in yeah. some of my apps, I have the width set for 768 for the Z10, and it's just what I had to do mm-hmm. to get a functionality working. So. Yeah.
1: So who knows, to be to be determined. Yeah.
0: <laughs> to be announced till later. Yeah. So Lauren, how are your apps doing? Are they scaling well for the passport or not really?
5: <laughs> <laughs> um, um yeah, I don't know. We'll see how they do on the classic.
0: Lauren's like, yeah about that. <laughs> Over. <laughs> no, but uh I I wonder at this point, are is there a lot more you can do? On that kind of screen, I mean, it's a huge screen, but you're still kind of stuck to the one-to-one ratio. Would you guys consider building, you know, a, a whole different type of user interface for that device, or you're just kind of going to tweak it and just make sure what you already have works well?
4: I, I mean, the Q10, like, we kind of optimized for the Q10. It's really, I think. As long as it matches Q10, there's some things we can do, you know, because reaching the top yeah. left screen might be a little bit more difficult than on the Q10. But right. the, the, tough,
1: the tough thing with the uh, passport is because it's not just a difference in height, it's a difference in the width as well. So for the Q10, I could use a lot of my existing code that was for my Z10 screens, and I just had to change the height um, for height specific objects. Um, but for the Passport, um, it, it might be different. I might have some set heights for the width, and, and because it's so much different than the other widths, I'd have to actually go in and be cognizant of
0: changing that. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you know, while we're stuck on these resolutions, what would you guys do if BlackBerry brought out a slider device? I've actually been hearing some rumors and some ah. rumors on internally about a slider device. I mean, we we heard about the Milan, which was essentially a Z10 with the Q10 keyboard. And you mm. have a Slide effect like the 98 hundreds uh, and 98 tens. What do you guys think? Would would a, would a passport not a passport rather? Would a yeah. slider device make more sense as a passport with a slide up keyboard or a you know 16 by 9 vertical type you know 98 six slider? I think
2: it only, yeah I think it only answers like uh, kind of gives an answer uh, or a solution or a remedy so to speak to those who don't want that one one in one ratio screen from the passport and they still you know want the full feature from a Z10 or a z30 and still get the uh, physical keyboard that you do from a passport so to speak um, so it's only going to satisfy like, that specific audience in terms of BlackBerry device users. But I would love to see it, definitely. What I didn't get is,
1: like, honestly, like, I would have like, almost expected BlackBerry to just, after the Z30, just go, and go all in on, like, a slider to please both crowds, to please the touch crowd and the, the keyboard crowd, so that you could have the best of both worlds on one device. So the only thing add, with
3: that is that yeah. um, the slider model is only uniquely popular in America. You look really? internationally, and most people are not inche- interested in sliders at all. Wow. So um, I didn't know that. that would that would be like a region-specific device, if anything, mm-hmm. if there's going to be any success to be had.
0: So did, did any of you guys get a, a little email, a strictly confidential email from uh, BlackBerry in regard to it? any kind of Beta invite of any kind. We're not going to say it's a ten point three beta at all. But you guys, is anyone get any kind of email in regard to any kind of particular beta out there?
1: Nah, I got invited. I, I filled up the survey. We'll see if I get chosen. Probably not.
0: Now that you said you got BDM. invited, they're going to watch this and be like, "Well, you know what? No, Brandon." No. Yeah,
4: I don't
1: think you're supposed <laughs> to say that, Brandon.
0: You know? <laughs> yeah, no. Did you already just break your NDA? No. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I filled out so book.
1: many surveys for the BBM beta. I was like the best BBM tester, and then they ditched me. So ah.
0: it's it's almost like there's a, there's <laughs> a you got to hit right in the middle. You can't try too hard. and You can't not try. Yeah, I've yeah, noticed and, uh, that. In my
4: profile, I have like I use my phone for sixteen hours a day, and I I, I said like the maximum for everything, and then I'm like, yeah, that actually probably
0: looked really bad. <laughs> <laughs> like this, this, bitch looks desperate. <laughs> but Lauren, I, I want to hear what your thoughts are because you you swap devices around quite a bit of late. It seems you know you, nothing satisfies you apparently. Yes. Would 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 you buy a slider? Would, would that interest you at all? Yes,
5: yes, it would. I that ah, oh, there's all these devices that I never got, like the freaking torch, because it was only on AT and T, and I always wanted it, totally. and now it's so out of date, and I still want it, so. If they had a slider, I would buy it.
0: <laughs> that is the end. She's, she's co-signing that right there, guys. She, she wants a slider. She wants all the BlackBerry devices so she can get her hands. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I want to also just briefly—I don't even know if it deserves the airtime—but Alex is already kind of locked on it. Let's all collectively laugh at typo too. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> So, the oh, left okay. we have Typo 1, and on the right we have Typo 2.
4: Yes, yeah, um, so you can see why they got sued here, and how ugly it
0: is here. <laughs> yeah, it just looks like something from, like, the dollar store. Like, something you pick up for, like, 15 bucks for your grandma. Like, here you go, slide this on your phone. <laughs> so
4: I would consider the, buying the one on the left,
0: but... You know, yeah, the one have, on the left looks nice, probably. but the one on the right is kind of like... But that's
4: good, that's good. <laughs> Go Blackberry, they did this.
1: Is there like one letter in a different position on the one on the right just to like... Make it's pushed the to the... Yeah, they, they,
0: they pushed yeah. it in a little bit and got rid of the <laughs> Did you notice that... But I think Blackberry has this pattern
4: did. Even on the virtual keyboard, the middle row, uh, A to delete, it spans across the entire width. Whereas on iOS, Android, Windows phone, it pushes the middle row in. It doesn't take mm. off, and there's a little bit of spacing. They may have patented
0: that. I, I think they did with the, the the full full uh full length screen rather. What's interesting about the typo is it doesn't do much <laughs> at all. I mean, <laughs> yeah. if the case was it like uses a, more battery. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Like, if it was a Mofi case with a keyboard, like that, yeah, cool. cool. but it's not. It's just like a a, a on. And it's like, these are this is a design product from two dudes who just didn't want to go back to their Blackberries. It's just like... Yeah, that
3: keyboard looks uh, more narrow than the style.
0: Right. It's just like, uh, it just like just looks kind of awkward. And uh, I, I, I know it probably works well. I mean, after two revisions, you think it works well. But at the same time, it's like if BlackBerry actually built something like this, took the Passport keyboard yeah. and put it onto other devices, imagine how much they would sell that shit.
1: Yeah, build like a QWERTY like attachable keyboard that has like a rechargeable battery inside,
0: and, and the touch and sensor. and it has
1: data, and it has data inside. Oh, it like, has like an S, like a like a like a memory, like disk or something inside for extra like storage.
0: Yeah, storage
1: for for like music and stuff, right?
0: That'd be kind of dope.
5: Yeah, it's,
1: raking it's the money.
5: Kind of, like, um, I follow like the Q10 tag on Instagram. And uh, I was looking through the pictures the other day, and I saw somebody who had tagged the Q10, but it was a picture of an iPhone with a typo. And they were like, Ah. "Oh, I really loved my Q10, but I couldn't stand the screen size, so I'm back to my iPhone, BlackBerry." I was like, "Oh my God, I didn't know people bought that."
0: It's like, to me, it's kind of confusing because it's like BlackBerry does not want to build a, you know, portrait courty. They seem like so opposed uh, to it. They'd rather build a slider than a than something that looks like a typo but running BlackBerry 10, you know. And I, I really feel like people, at least for pocketability's sake, will really really appreciate it. Because the Passport, you know, it's a little bit cumbersome and wide. I know again, it has its tailored market you know base that they're aiming for, but something like like a typo, so like a mm-hmm. Z10 with a keyboard at the bottom would sell, in my opinion. I think people. I would
2: think be, so too. Be the best of both worlds. The typo has to feel so awkward in your pocket though, like like damn, the Passport, like, a typo. It's probably, like, sticking out. <laughs> like, a... Know, it's probably, probably, about, like, it's probably breaking a few days. days short yeah.
1: compared to, like, the iPhone 5 is still kind of short compared to, like, competitor phones, like, other phones. So, I mean, even with the typo, the iPhone 5 probably isn't even, like, that much bigger than, like, your generic, like, Samsung, yeah.
2: know, Samsung device, right? Yeah, it's probably just, like, right around this Galaxy Mega size or so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the the first typo actually looks very nice. I have I to like admit. It. It like, does. It but looks it's looks like a cute word. Yeah, a word. <laughs> it just looks like clean and it's like wow, that's that looks iconic almost, you know. Yeah. And then we got this this typo two shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, what are you guys thinking at this point? What wow. are you guys most anticipating? Are we, awesome. looking, are we looking at 10.3? Are we looking at Blend? Are we looking at Passport? Are we looking at a little bit of all three? What, do you, what are you guys most anticipating uh, at blends. this point?
1: Blend. Can,
0: can you guys stop with the S at the end? It's Blend. It's yeah, you guys
2: saying. <laughs> blends. I'm back like the 2015s right. and what holds for BlackBerry. Like, once everything's out there on the table and then for BlackBerry to also announce upcoming devices and software, um, hell, maybe even see a, you know tablet somewhere later in the end of the 2015 year beginning with the 2017 fiscal year. That would be pretty dope.
0: So here's here's two, two questions that we've got within the, uh, the comment section. So we had one that was referring off to Jubay in regard to marketing. Was there any talk of marketing at the BlackBerry Security Summit?
3: Yes, there was. Um, JT over at N4BB uh, asked, and it really—I mean—and it was covered a little bit when I asked a similar question at BlackBerry Experience New York earlier uh, in the spring. They are going to do marketing. Uh, The two things they want to have ready before they do a full launch is have the devices. And have uh, OS ten point three fully fleshed out. They want, they need to be able to stand a hundred and ten percent behind their product and services. They're not going to market something that's not complete. So um, you can expect so marketing. That's, so that's why the Z ten didn't sell. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, in addition to that, they will be doing uh, marketing through conventional methods. So, you're going to see. Traditional, expensive. Traditional, money. right. You're going to see the newspaper, the commercial television ad, you're going to see billboards. So, to what extent that campaign may be, there's, I, I'm sure the geniuses over there <laughs> are figuring out how to advertise 10.3, the new devices, in a slick, savvy, sexy, exciting way.
0: And I know Darius had mentioned, you know, Black, he, him wanting to get BlackBerry into sporting events, into NFL, and just get them out there, you know, mm-hmm. be it, be it, you know, a ten minute, ten second spot, be it a thirty second spot, yeah. be it a voiceover type of advertisement. I just believe uh, Blaze in our group actually heard a, a voiceover advertisement during MLB, which was pretty cool.
2: Yeah. yeah, it was dope. But well, I just, I mean, just simple things like, you know, banners along. You know, football fields or the soccer stadiums, you know, different things like that. So, as you're viewing the game, you're constantly seeing this brand on your TV screen. Those are things that really, you know, catch people's eyes because they're always viewing it. And then, you know, just like I said, with this upcoming football season, you know, NFL is the one uh, sport that generates the most money uh, in the States. And I mean, they don't just generate money in the States, they generate money across the globe. So, if you're you know, advertising your brand during these games on national television, that helps to put, you know, your the the word of your brand, what you're bringing to the table, devices, software, is going to give it a, a, a huge voice and a bigger stage. And, you know, those are things I feel like BlackBerry needs to definitely take advantage of. I just want to chime yeah. in here quickly
1: because uh, you were mentioning how BlackBerry needs to put in those banner ads in stadiums and stuff. And I find it interesting because... Uh, Blackberry actually has ads at the Toronto Maple Leafs in the Air Canada Centre and in the the Rogers uh, the Rogers Centre, which is where the Blue Jays play baseball. But then Canada. Uh, yeah, <laughs>
2: Canada. That's right. Canada. It has, to be, it has
1: But they have those ads there in in high in high volume places. Yeah. yeah. And it's and Blackberry is actually doing really well here in Toronto. So it, yeah. it, there's a bit of it that there's a lot of it that has to do with the financial district aspect of it too, yeah. but. I'm sure like the marketing and advertisement aspects of it in Toronto don't hurt either. I'm sure those are contributing to it as well to an extent.
2: No, it's just, and exactly the type of success and what they're doing there is what I want. I would love to see them transition here to the States. And I'm just giving like the NFL, you know, an example of what they can try to take advantage of in terms of marketing and branding because just saying your name, you don't have to – if you pay attention to what Samsung does, and I – for example, what they did do was with the NBA All-Star game, in, um, uh, which is back in February. And, you know, it was like the NBA All-Star mm-hmm. game presented by the Galaxy uh, S5, and, you know, the device was up and coming. So mm-hmm. – and well, actually, it was just Galaxy devices, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. But, you know, they were trying to brand something specific instead of branding Samsung mobile as a whole. Yeah, um, so that's mm-hmm. what I want to see BlackBerry do.
3: they got to do it smart, though. I mean, Samsung, they spent billions on oh. advertising alone annually, you know, and the Samsung Galaxy uh, S5 device didn't really sell that well. So, um, you know, hopefully with BlackBerry, they can find a more intelligent way to reach the masses without. <laughs> Just throwing money away, you know, burning through their
0: cash. Yeah, we don't want them to be like Microsoft and then have to pivot after spending <laughs> all this money. Um, what I would love to see in Jubea, I'm sure we've talked about it before in our, our little musing sessions, where, you know, I would love them to be like, we got a Passport, we got a Classic, we got a Z3, we got a Z3 Plus, we got Blends, we got 10.3. This is all of it at once, one advertisement to show the portfolio, you know, not one for one device, not. You know, one for one service. But show me BBM. Show me the phone. Show me. Show me and retell me what BlackBerry is and why I should care.
3: Yeah. Um, you mentioned also like guerrilla marketing techniques. Those are really effective too. Low cost, but uh, highly effective. Uh, bringing awareness to high yield uh, the uh-huh. brand. Yeah. It's like you know, uh, low risk, high rewards. You know, scenario for for BlackBerry. So uh, last the last two things
0: here. We want to tie it up. We've been here almost like an hour and a half. I don't want let it drag yeah. on too long, because Brandon's gonna have to turn this into an MP3 file after. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, so we had a comment on on the site, and it was, in my opinion, they should make BBM video calling uh, that capability available to consumers and cross-platform, and that it's a wrong decision on their parts to restrict it to enterprise. You know, they could put ads during consumer BBM video calls, or have the capability to record those BBM video calls, you know, for a price after the fact. Now, I somewhat agree here that I think we need BBM video as a consumer feature. I do think it's interesting that they want to bring it strictly to enterprise first, and maybe as that brings money in for them, they expand it to consumers. What do you guys think? But don't we I have BBM
4: from- video?
3: That? Well, BlackBerry, yeah, from between BlackBerry uh, and Blackberry. Uh, Yeah, we're talking about cross-platform. <laughs> John Sims did address this. He, he said that They're going to flesh out the uh, BBM video in Enterprise thoroughly and will then afterwards consider the consumer and engage in that when the time uh, arrives.
1: At the same time, it's like, why are they giving these mixed signals for? I mean, they're like, oh, BBM is consumer, and then now they're going to be like, oh, but we're going to lock off this feature... Or the enterprise yeah. only. and So the, like, you know the, what? Let like, me, like come up with like a consistent kind of message when it comes
3: to BBM. Like, we know it could the be conflicting of... with between the management. I mean, you have to, you exactly, know, when yeah. John, yeah, when John Chen walked in there and slowly started replacing, uh, you know, the staff and management over there. Yeah. Since then, we've seen a consistent message, but before then, mm-hmm. it's always been like. back. Remember the whole fiasco with, with yeah. Playbook and Blackberry 10? Yeah. It was yeah. like, it's getting it, it's not getting it, it's getting it, it's not getting it. Exactly. You know, it's like. Yeah. You know, so. like, I
1: personally think they I should. i playing with my heart. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, the video, it's like a perfect opportunity for them to kind of give a feature that, you know, their biggest competitor, WhatsApp, doesn't have. Right.
2: right? And, and then as, once
1: once WhatsApp gets video, it's like BBM could add video and no one's gonna care.
2: Right. So
1: they have to they kinda have this window of opportunity where they have to put it in and then it's actually gonna get noticed by people. Whereas after it's just gonna become like something people are just gonna expect. So whether they yeah. put it now or later, it's gonna have to come eventually if they wanna stay
2: relevant in the consumer space, in my view. It's like BlackBerry's yeah. limiting themselves and you Honestly, it should have just been, you know, which was one of the best features. It should have been implemented uh, when it first launched, across, you know, on iOS and Android. Like, it just, I don't know, it just never made sense, and, and I hate that they do that. And they just limit themselves and the potential that you can have and the use that, you know, consumers are going to get into it because when you have features like that, that makes people who use your application, who use your software to want to, look into more features, not necessarily video, but they're gonna want to get the stickers. They're gonna want to use the BBM voice to make their phone calls and so on and such um, so on and so forth because they love this specific feature so yeah. much. All they want to use is that. So and yeah, and the thing is is that no one's gonna go and buy
1: BES because it has BBM video. They're gonna buy it for for the whole package, not right. just because of BBM video. So that one feature it's not like in my view, I don't think it's really gonna entice like people to purchase other products by them. I think it's just it's gonna be nice to have in the enterprise space.
3: You know, I agree with you with like bringing BBM video and, and keeping it relevant and getting people excited for it. There's a flip side. James mentioned it earlier. You know, we don't know how much it, it's costing BBM, uh, uh, costing BlackBerry to create the. Uh, this infrastructure across cross platform and, and uh, also you know yeah. keep it running effectively. I yeah. know that the BBM video for enterprise they're making money off of that hands down. Yeah. But what money are they making? if They bring it to the consumer market. BBM that's, is free.
1: Yeah, that's a very fair point. I mean, when when you're talking about video and stuff, you need the whole infrastructure to support that. So I mean, that's a very fair point um, when you talk Go about ahead. it in, in that way. I I, that's that's a, a fair point.
3: I mean, I think they would love to bring it to the consumer, but right now it's like, well, we need to be financially responsible, so we're going to create this for enterprise where we know we can bank on, yeah. and then we'll take a look at the consumer and offer them something, yeah. because they're still trying to figure out how to monotonize, uh, monetize uh, the um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, BBM as it is now, so... You know,
0: you know, BBM may be free, but those stickers sure as hell aren't. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Fucking bang. Two dollars. But too many. Yeah.
1: The thing with video is that BlackBerry did state that they were going to bring video cross-platform.
0: Right, but that yeah. was under, under you know, Heinz's regime. You know I mean... That was two CEOs ago. Yeah, that was
3: two CEOs ago. <laughs>
0: I I know, I know, I know we're all kind of sour because we were also promised playbook and a lot of other things, so (laughs) we have to temper ourselves here. I I want to give a shout out uh, to close this up to Curtis. He was actually our 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 giveaway winner for Upstream Number Seven. So you have this water bottle. Yeah, this uh, this water bottle will be coming your way along with some pins. This is an orange and a green one. Ooh. uh. And you're gonna get a splat sticker as well if you want to slap this on your desk, laptop, whatever you want. I've been using the water bottle, not this one. You're gonna get an unused one.
3: I'm
0: using this one, so yeah, they work really well. Don't use it under high heat because it will burn you. It's aluminum. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, besides that, you know, thank you for participating, Curtis. Everyone was real stumped. Uh, the question on the was, uh, what CEO were we talking about? And then people are yeah. mentioning COO Marty Beard. I'm like, he's not a CEO anymore, guys. I'm sorry, but you're wrong. <laughs> not, no. It was That's, a good guess, though. I, it, was. it was. A, it was a tough one. It made you watch. You definitely had to watch to know mm-hmm. who, who we were talking about. People were like, Torsten Hines. No, he's not. No. He golden did a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> But no I really appreciate having you guys on for this upstream number eight two months we're still rocking it Wait, you never said the answer it was Marissa Mayer
4: yeah you just like totally let everyone <laughs> off' <out. laughs> <you're
0: like>, okay. <laughs> watch number seven if you what want a to know tea <laughs> I know what a tease what a tease these past couple of days I'm sure we're gonna be seeing a lot more in regard to Bvm meetings and the passport coming up this next month so keep an eye out for that stuff I'm sure I'm sure someone's sitting on the leak or 10.3 right now, and we'll probably release it soon. So, you know, we'll never know. I don't know anything. Just (laughs) really think that. (laughs) Just another change. Anyway, guys, I really appreciate having you on. You have a good rest of your night,
5: guys. Take it easy.
2: Later.